1: Hey, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Hey, we have got a great lineup for you today. Two hours of it, too, like just amazing. Uh, Before I get into that, hi to Olivia, uh, of course. She is a producer that's making everything look great on our Facebook page at Transformation Talk Radio. And Benny, of course, has been my producer for 17 years, and he is doing the same over there on YouTube and across the airways, AM and FM. Uh, Good day to both of you. Howdy. So we we got a really good, good, cool thing to talk about today. You know, I've been waiting for a long time. I'm not even going to say how long, but I've been waiting to have a conversation with someone about how to bring the energies of healing, the energies of consciousness together. And, you know, one of those things that we battled for a long time in this state, Benny, right, was the legalization of of marijuana cannabis, especially early on for healing. We were so out in the forefront, pounding the doors down saying, man, people are suffering. You know, this has been known to do this and this and this. But when you take a look, and you look at a a person like my guest today, Christopher Killam is joining me here today, the author of the book, one of the books, one author, one book, but he's got a bunch of things he's done. When we look at the lotus in the bud and we look at this new guide on how to blend uh, cannabis and the practice of yoga, are we literally stepping into something we innately know, that we innately know belong together? and thanks to his work over years of bringing the dialogue to a level that both people on the alternative side and now the mainstream side, and that's what we've tried to do here as the new mainstream, bridge the gap to say that this is for everyone. But today what you're gonna find is why it is for everyone and what this is about this work that can transform the deepest and darkest crevices of our life. Christopher, great to have you.
0: Pat, it's great to be on your show today. I love your enthusiasm, and I love how well-informed you are.
1: You, this is one book. This is one book we're talking about. But you are a lifetime, a lifetime champion, right? You're known as the medicine hunter. You have been on radio, television, articles. I mean, it has been there. And I want to ask you this question. I know you probably didn't plan to write the book and say, I think there's a pandemic coming. Let me write the book. Um, And like so many of us, here we are. I want to ask you this question. In your experience, Christopher, there have been a lot of challenges, a lot of obstacles to bring your platform to the forefront. How How have you come past those challenges and obstacles of the past to be received in the moment?
0: Well, I I think it really boils down. You know, my wife Zoe and I talk about this a lot. It's a matter of staying true to your work. Uh, I mean, in the early 1970s, when I was promoting yoga and herbs, people like me were referred to pretty pejoratively in the media as fruits, nuts, and flakes, you know. And that hurt some people's feelings. It, it didn't really hurt mine. I just accepted it as the tone of the times. But by staying with the principles and practices that I believe in healthy lifestyle, you know, being a good, decent person, compassionate, and all of that, and meditating and practicing yoga and promoting organic agriculture and all the many things I do, um, you know, what I find is that just by persisting in that good work, and not really being influenced by whether you're getting positive media or negative media, but just, you know, keeping a direction, sort of, you know, letting spirit be the pole star by which we navigate. Um, That's really what has enabled me to, you know, do good work in times in which there have been lots of critics, do good work in times in which people have been, you know, lavish with their praise, You know, in in times like this, it's really just staying true to your dharma, staying true to your path and, you know, accepting that circumstances rise and fall and goodness and badness come and go. And that that's really not something to distract you from your purpose.
1: Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to ask you that question, because one of the things I know and you and I had a previous conversation on one of your previous books talking about ayahuasca. Um, and, you know, here we are today and, you know, as I look through your book and definitely the shout out to Zoe, right? As I went through your book, I was so awesomely surprised when I opened the first page and there is a message from you on the safe use of cannabis. And I want to start with that because a lot of the objective information Uh, that I've gotten, especially in the treatment of Lyme disease now for the past 15 years, really talking about modalities and what works and what doesn't, people always come to the place of how is it safe? Here you come and you're like, let me address that out of the gate. Why was this super important to you? It sounds like you got a few bumps and bruises like I got over the years.
0: I I mean, let's start with the basic fact that in all of known human history, there is not one single case of a person dying from cannabis, not one. Right. I mean, you'd think at least somebody would have done something stupid, like stuff it up their sinuses and suffocated themselves or something. But nobody's ever died from cannabis. You know, 6,000 people die of alcohol poisoning in the U.S. every year. You know, like about 60,000 kill themselves in traffic accidents. You know, people die of all kinds of things. But cannabis is very safe. It was vilified terribly in the 1930s, and that led to its Prohibition, which is just wrong-headed in every way. So basically what I wanted to say and did say in, in the opener to the Lotus and the Bud was, look, this stuff is safe and don't give it to kids. Don't get high and operate a chainsaw. You know, don't don't get high and operate an airplane. Don't do stupid things. Don't practice dentistry while you're high. You know, be reasonable. But but I also want people to understand that we're talking about a pretty benign plant. And for those, you know, few people who react poorly to it or don't get on with it, well, just don't put it into your lifestyle. That's all. Um, but but I really wanted to put the safety out there with all of the appropriate warnings, you know, right at the get-go.
1: And you know, we're looking at, and we're going to talk about this later in the show because I really want to talk to you, well uh, as well about the the beautiful harmony between, you know, looking at cannabis and yoga together, right? I mean, there's something really significant about that that is so ancient. But one of the things we're also talking about here is plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things people get seriously confused about. As if nobody else is using plant medicine and what does it mean? And what have people now created from cannabis that are relieving pain for millions and millions of people, right?
0: Well, plant medicine, you know, I mean, you, you suck on a eucalyptus throat <laughs> lozenge. You're taking advantage of plant medicine. You know, you, you utilize um, ginkgo to enhance memory function. You're, you're using plant medicine. You drink, uh, you know, a hot turmeric root tea to relieve inflammation in your joints. That's plant medicine. And also... If you sit in a ceremony with an Amazonian shaman and drink ayahuasca and have lavish visions, that's plant medicine too. In my work as a medicine hunter, traveling all over the world, you know, I investigate all of these things. Whether it's tea in China, um, you know, coffee in the different places that it grows, acai, cat's claw—I mean, you name it—you know, I'm investigating it out there. And in the realm of plant medicines, we have psychoactive plants like coffee for example which does stimulate the mind and wakes us up or kava which is very relaxing and tranquility promoting and then we have those agents that are more visionary uh and and some outright psychedelic so cannabis you know used modestly it's a euphoriant. it expands the mind it it increases awareness of sensitivity of the senses all of that you you eat a bunch of it, you know, in, in edibles, you're going to have a full-on psychedelic trip. So I really cover the range of plant medicines from, you know, like I said, uh, peppermint breath mints to all the way up to deeply ceremonial plants that can be used to dive very much into the human spirit and the human psyche and to affect healing in all kinds of different ways.
1: You know, and this is for me when we're having this conversation, it is a conversation that is really built upon decades of knowledge, wisdom, investigation, and research. But I wanna jump to the other part of this today. So I play a sport called table tennis, better known as ping pong. Right. So how is my first introduction? How did it come about? Not my original, original, but one of my introductions to the Hindu god, Shiva. My partner, my table tennis partner, you know, these are part of her traditions. But here today, there are many gifts. There are many gifts that come from when we look at this presence that taps both into the conscious and the subconscious. And you've, you've literally feature this and highlight this in the book so while we're talking about yoga and kind we're talking about them together but also i think your reference is gifts from
0: well in in hindu mythology and in the their understanding of how the cosmos works which yep. is one of many understandings of how the cosmos <laughs> works and everybody has a piece of it um it's to them the god shiva bestowed yoga upon humanity and also bestowed cannabis upon humanity so that people could have an elevated and euphoric experience. And from time immemorial, you know, we know that these two in certain traditions have been utilized together. And, uh, you know, so really what I wanted to do was bring that from antiquity, explain that, explain some of my experiences and you know, temples in the Himalayan region and other places, you know, uh, traveling through Siberia and seeing where it emerged from the ice age and carry that forward to today's times where really for the first time, um, more visibly and publicly, we have cannabis yoga classes all over the place, you know, ganja yoga, ganjasana, all of that. Um, So we've really, as we do with so many things, We've taken something from antiquity, two things that have gone together for thousands of years in many traditions, and brought them forward and put our kind of modern imprimatur on this whole thing as well.
1: You know, what I love about the book and what you say and what you bring to the forefront is you're tapping into how we are emotionally and evolutionally, evolutionally er, er, evo- how we are evolving into a new space, because in part, by the level of crisis we've been enduring. And, you know, I know more people now that would jump at reading your book than I did two years ago, right? Um, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Thank but you. one of the things people get shocked by when they come in my home are these different representations of the lotus Mm -hmm. and they ask me what is up with you and the lotus and I say honestly I don't know I'm not studied in it I don't know you might find a crystal one over there you might find a candle one over there you might find all of this over here but this book is called the lotus and the bud and there's something about the lotus and the energy of it that attracts more people for reasons they cannot pinpoint. And here you are highlighting it. What is it that we are eager and yearning to learn about that energy, Chris?
0: Well, I think that some things show us very well. I mean, and many things show us their intrinsic beauty. Um, But there's something that we get about the lotus that is also symbolic at the same time that we apprehend its beauty. I mean, lotuses are beautiful flowers. Um, But also, as I say in the book, they're rooted in mud and they come up from that to the surface of the water and then they open up and they give this grand display of these beautiful symmetrical petals, often with blues and and pinks and other colors. And they're really quite splendid. And in many traditions, in the ancient Egyptian traditions, uh, in the yoga tradition, in Buddhism, the lotus has become a symbol of inner refinement of peace and equipoise. So that that floating on the surface of the water, that, that beautiful way of sitting unperturbed on the surface, just showing beauty becomes really emblematic of what's possible with spiritual practice. And, and first and foremost, the book, my book, the Lotus and the Bud is about spiritual practice. And, and in these, you know, I, I, I have, I mean, I didn't come up with this idea, but you know, it's very easy to be, um, spiritually joyful and expansive when everything is going well it's a much greater task and it really is the test of our spirituality to be that way when things are going poorly i mean i don't want to pretend i get more irritated during covid19 you know for like 26 years i was an explorer traveling the world at least half my time i've been at home since last february that's difficult um But it's in these pressure cooker situations that we get to, I think we, number one, more people seek refuge in the Dharma. They seek refuge in spiritual peace and find, okay, this is a time to really test that and to work on that. It's easy when it's easy. It's harder when it's hard.
1: Oh, it absolutely is. And that's why, for me, you know, I said this at the beginning, you know, I I'm sure you didn't sit down and say, "Oh, let me write a book." That's really gonna. I mean, I write. Uh, no, it, I
0: didn't plan it for you the. You didn't pen plan it. <laughs>
1: but sometimes, look, the laws of the universe. You know, whatever this the God of your understanding spirit is that you believe in, whatever tradition that is, there is a common theme throughout, and I want to talk to you about this because it it has to do with this beautiful marriage of the lotus and the bud. There's something that happens when we trust now i'm not telling you what to trust in but i say trust a lot of people say let go a lot of people there's a lot of language around this but in practical terms the experiment of doing this now the experiment of reading your book and putting it into practice now is really something that people will be able to say I didn't have a solution for that yesterday. I didn't have it last week, but somehow I woke up today and there is a knowing. How can we talk about that to help people understand both the power of these energetic channels as you you call them in the book, right? The energetic channels, the activation of, of, of our chakras to help us be awesome in everyday life, because that's always a missing piece for people, I think.
0: I I kind of liken it uh, to piano wires. I like the metaphor of piano wires. If you've ever held a piano wire in your hands, it's a hunk of wire. It's a hunk of metal, okay? But in a piano, if you work at it with a wrench, you can actually stretch it just a little bit to get a perfect tone. And what happens in yoga practice, which to my satisfaction, having practiced daily for 51 years. um, You know, yoga practice really works on the nervous system among many other things. And as we stretch those nerves, when we practice many of the postures, for example, we get that perfect tone, we get that harmony, we get that sense of, okay, that's the right note. And what I have found to my satisfaction and have learned from, from an ancient tradition is that when you add cannabis to this, and I'm not talking about getting really loaded, I'm not talking about no. dabbing for a half hour and then <laughs> practicing yoga, but getting a boost from infusing with cannabis, however you do it, um, that the two of them together amplify a sense of spaciousness, amplify a sense of personal expansion and relief of mind, help us to be much more sensitive in all of our senses and also make us more aware of the natural energies that are flowing within us at all times. We have at any moment in time, millions of volts of energy working in our bodies. And we don't experience it that way. We don't experience it as though we're (laughs) like tapped into the high powered lines, hanging on with our hands having all this voltage going through us, but that is exactly what is taking place. And so if we can dive deeply, as I like to say, the deeper you go, the lighter you get. If you can dive deeply into just the natural energies within you, if you can tap into that, then the the sense of additional strength, of spiritual clarity, of greater awareness is very, very satisfying and harmonizing and that is what helps people through difficult times.
1: You know, and this is one of the things I love about the book, and, but it's really a reflection of you and your work. I mean, this is really, we're talking about a book, The Lotus and the Bud, but we're really talking about the culmination of your life experience, what you've discovered and what you've seen. You know, what the investigative side of things really looks like when we put things on paper. And of course, a lot of people have found out through hit and miss, right? If you're a mother and you have a child that's autistic and you heard maybe there is a, you know, CBD solution and you've been battling to get it, battling to get it, well, changes have been made to get it. But the information that is important to know comes from people like you, because there is a sense of doing things on your own without knowing what you're doing?
0: Well, you, you know, like you, I mean, I was, I was, you know, very active in the 60s. <laughs> and, you know, even though I always had a sense that there was a spiritual connection to things like LSD, which is the very first thing I ever got an eye on, um, or cannabis, um i have to say in fairness a lot of that was fairly unformed my intuition was correct um but you know it was a matter of experimentation and and we would we would do things like trip and then read the tibetan book of the dead and go wow you know this book is kind of describing what we're going through right now and and so it was hit or miss and and i don't really think there's anything wrong with that I don't think there's actually anything deficient with that, but I do think that if you want to gain deeper insight into anything, if you can study it in ways that you can really understand, then you can have a greater appreciation for what you're up to. And, and, And so I've just been very fortunate over time to dive very deeply uh, simultaneously into yoga practice, which has been endlessly fulfilling for me, and also into cannabis in all of its forms and all over the world.
1: And we're going to talk about that. Um, I want to, before we, we, we jump to that, when we come back from the break, I want to remind Benny, we have three copies of the book to give away. Why don't we go ahead and do the first one? 1-800-930-2819, The Lotus and the Bud. And by the way, we are taking your questions. If you have questions for Chris, right. please give us a call. That would be great. Uh, also taking your questions on our instant messaging, go over to TransformationTalkRadio.com. Type in your question and we'll make sure we get it on here. Um, one of the things that I think is important and which I discovered along the way is the misunderstanding of yoga. Mm -hmm. And I say that because that is essentially after 17 years doing this, after having multiple people on the show and really getting a sense of what people think about yoga and what the practice is about, there is a gap. And I know that there have been celebrities out there that are Closing the gap and trying to make it more mainstream. Why is it so misunderstood? Or maybe not from your perspective, you don't see it. I see it from from where I live and even in talking to my friends, and then I can't explain it, but I'm gonna send them this show.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think in answer to your question, sure. uh, to a lot of people, yoga sounds weird or strange. <laughs>
2: yes.
0: and um, And I think the fact that it derives from the East And has sort of that exotic, you know, kind of overlay to it for some people that's helpful for some people it's not okay it just kind of makes it a little bit more alien a little bit more weird. Um, But basically, you know, the greatest yogis I have ever met all they do is sit. Yes, you know they're not doing headstands they're not uh doing the fourth level of ashtanga yoga you know and bending over backwards and kissing the heels of their feet with their noses they're not doing that they're sitting they're just being human beings radiating goodness and energy because of their deep inner capacity to really uh, to really comprehend spirit and and while you know we take all kinds of things from antiquity and we we modernize them and we do some good things with them we do some stupid things with them um yoga certainly can be about having a better body about having a firmer bod and good abs and all that stuff but that really misses the point um yoga's about integration Uh, as I I mentioned at one point in the book, a Hawaiian elder said a beautiful thing that I never forgot. He said, true healing puts into order the body, mind, and spirit with the past, the present, and the future. And when you really think about that, that actually does, that leaves nothing out, okay? (laughs) There's nothing that's not part of that equation in human life. If we can if we can engage in real yoga practice, which is about meditation and breath work and certain postures and dietary principles and principles and practices of behavior that support a clear and healthy mind and good life and compassionate thought toward others, then we're really in the yoga practice. And as one scripture I like says, a yogi must know the medicines. And one of the great yogic medicines is cannabis.
1: And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. The many forms of it, confusion between CBD, THC, what it is, what it's not, what's now available to you. Certainly, Chris is available. Please, everybody, go to medicinehunter.com, 1-800-930-2819. We've got three copies of Chris's book to give away, it is filled. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the bud. What is it about the bud that became so extremely popular over decades, not just recently, not just with government agencies, but for decades? What have we learned about the conscious, subconscious, unconscious transformations with this particular bud? I got the expert here. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back.
0: Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles share stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, Miles MilesToGoCoaching.com the truth is funny shift happens with colette marie stefan is excited to welcome karen benton as a monthly guest host tune in on the third wednesday of each month at 8 a.m pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life your health your family and your well-being karen benton is a mother nurse practitioner certified body talk practitioner Franklin Method instructor and owner of Limitless Living LLC For more information about Karen visit karenbetton.com. Message Delivery by Lisa Ann You can't make this stuff up Tune in every first and third Thursday
2: at 1pm Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com Message Delivery is an inspirational show about the journey to enlightenment and spirituality For more
0: information or your own personal message delivery Visit angelmessages2u.com.
2: That's Angel Messages, the number two, the letter U.com.
1: Tune into Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday of the month at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Join Susan and her guests as they share the stories that shift our souls about radical transformations, courageous breakthroughs, and life lessons three things i've learned with susan dolce for more information go to transformationtalkradio.com or visit susan's website at susandolce.com
2: imagine you are a ball of steel smooth small and cool to the touch your life will soften you with fire you will take hits that shape you you will be forged into a powerful purposeful work of art tune in to forging a life with coach Christine Clark joining Dr Pat Picilli in a three part series truths in the creation of katana on transformationtalkradio.com Christine Clark a gifted engaging speaker and trainer who has forged her life in the fires of self employment will take you on a journey to exploring the internal, mental, and emotional blocks that stand between us and a life of significance through an analogy of the process of crafting a traditional Japanese sword or katana. For more information about Christine, visit sunglowtransformation.com.
1: I love it. Thank you, Benny. Welcome back, everybody. Chris Killam joining me here today. Look it. The book is called The Lotus and the Bud. And what I want to say about it, I read it once and then I reread it this morning because there were certain things I wanted to zoom in on. And then, and you know, a day brings a new series of questions. I, somebody must have said that, Chris. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I got that from, but for me, a new day brings a new series of questions. I love, what I love about the Lotus in the Bud is you will get, for me, if you don't have an in-depth understanding about the yoga. If you don't have it, you don't need it. This book takes you on the journey that could transform your state of being without literally transform how you are being in your state. And one of the things I love about it is it demystifies what you may or may not heard about, about yoga uh, and why it's important. But, Chris, you said it, and right out of the get-go, this is my take on it and my own experience. This is about a spiritual journey.
0: Well, it is. You know, for everybody, it's kind of like, you know, um, I travel a lot, as I've told you. And many people, when when they will start to describe their travel experiences to me, they'll say, well, of course, you know, I I haven't done what you've done. And I stop them and I say, and that has nothing to do with anything your experience is your experience your travels around the world that's uniquely their own your own you don't have to compare and one of the things i want to convey uh, about practice in general you know this is not competitive this is not comparative Mm -hmm. this is something that a person can go on um as i like to say your practice is at your edge your edge of attention your edge of energy your edge of concentration, your edge of strength and flexibility—that's um, where you practice. And I, I do like to demystify things. I mean, one of the things that I I find just very unfortunate in the spiritual scene in general is mystic mumbo jumbo.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, people who try to mystify things and and make them sound grandiose. You know, you can understand yoga practice. That's the simple fact of it. You can understand cannabis, that's the fact of it. And if you just get a little bit of information as in my book and and with some of the other teachers who are very good at presenting this, then you can understand how they go together and then you can apply that in your life, in your way, at your pace, as it works for you. And that's really the whole point of this.
1: You know, one of the things I want to touch upon, and then I want to jump right into one of the questions from um, one of our listeners that came in, is, as I read through the book, you know, for me, what I really latched on to was, this is about the human nervous system. And, by the way, our human nervous system right now is being, what's the word? The rubber band has been stretched it's starting to have a little fringe rip in it. Right. You've got to get it some relief. And we're not talking about go to here and spend $50,000 or go to here and do this. We're talking about something now that is so available to people. We're talking well, about yes. yoga. We're talking about learning it. We're talking about doing it, aren't we?
0: We are. and And really all you need is some flat ground. And preferably some privacy. Yeah. And just a little bit of a set aside of time, whatever your practice time is going to be. And uh, you don't need special equipment. You don't really need special clothing. I mean, there's endless clothing out there yeah. for yogis, but, you know, and, and some of it's very, very cool, but you don't need it. Um, and so it, it's something that, I mean, you know, as, as I said, I travel all over the world. I've done yoga in a thousand different hotels, you know, and lodgings and cabins and places all over the world on boat docks, you know, on beaches, whatever. You can take it with you anywhere. And that is the beauty of practice.
1: I have two questions now that have come in. I want to get to them because we're talking about the bud now. Okay. We're talking about the bud. Um, I want to just tell you personally for me Anytime I do a show like this, I will have inevitably somebody that wants to come on and have me reset my sobriety date for talking (laughs) about this. But this is a bigger conversation than that. This is a different conversation, especially for somebody like me who learned about yoga, who learned about CBD in the middle of a mystery disease, when my cells stopped working, I was 100 pounds heavier. And I had no other place to go. And I was dying in my own body. And I hope people don't have to get to that place to read something that they can change. But I'll tell you, Chris, I was doing this show. I kept paying for airtime, a lot of money. Yeah. And I knew that it wasn't about that. And yet, I found I started to get my body in a place where it could heal, and my do- whatever my doctors were doing could start to work. And people ask me how, mm-hmm. and I said, I left it up to spirit, but I don't tell them what we're talking about today. There are things we could do. So, our first question that came in. From Sarah, thank you, Sarah, so much from this. Sarah, is that you? are you over? Where are you Tennessee? Okay, that's a good abbreviation. Um, here's the question uh, thank you <laughs> Thank you, medicine man. Thank you Medi- Thank you, Medicine hunter, but it's okay. Medicine man's okay. Thank you so much for the show today. Um, can you tell us for somebody that has always wanted? has always wanted to start the practices you're talking about today. There's so many different ways to do it. I get confused. I don't know if I can practice yoga with my favorite musical chant. Then they say that's not meditation. So please, Mr. Medicine Man, help <laughs> me out. Okay. I love our listeners. I love them.
0: There, there are- That's so what
1: many, I was thinking.
0: <laughs> there are so many ways to practice. Um, You know, yoga is not one thing. I mean, the intent of yoga is all the same for integration and and unity and harmonization of body and mind and spirit. But, you know, like anything else, if if you say to people, it's a good idea to exercise, for example, some people are going to think that means train for a 10K. Some people are going to think that means go to the gym every day. Some people are gonna think that means take a walk in the woods. Whatever, you know, or, or whatever it is, there, there are hundreds and hundreds of ways to exercise. There are also many approaches to yoga. Uh, some practices are, you know, gentle and easy. Some are very rigorous and gymnastic. And the trick is to find what works for you. If you find that putting on your favorite music and practicing Works for you and gets you in the groove, do that. You may not do that forever, or you might. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. If you can bring yourself inside and you can find a place of peace within you, that's the ticket. Um, you know, some people live in environments where the ambient sound, maybe in, in cities, isn't so great. You're I hearing know. sirens, you're hearing dumpsters, you're hearing t- taxi horns. And so if you have something that kind of plays over that, that may be a much better option. So so one of the things I recommend is don't worry about what others are doing. Find good uh, teachers if you're going to take a yoga class. Find good guides. I mean, my book, The Lotus and the Bud, gives a a practice that takes about a half hour or so that you can do on your own so that you can experience yoga directly. Um, Don't be concerned that some, you know, some purists will say, oh, you know, you don't do that that way. What they mean to say is, I don't do that that way. That's all.
1: Yeah. Perfect. I love it because I'm one of those people that had to find my way. And sure. what I mean by that is, you know, after reading books and having people come on, I was always try it. But what I realized is there is one particular song that I play, and now you could get the video version, which is actually you know a beautiful visual of it. but I play the same thing, and it is my Zen place. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized is exactly what you said. And there are moments when you will get insight and we'll talk about those and you, you're you not in the middle of it, but you get an insight, you get an intuition. And the next thing you know, you're dialing a phone number. And the next thing you know, something amazing happens. We'll talk about that in a minute. Next question. Hi, Chris. Hi, Dr. Pat. I know you've done a bunch of shows on CBD, CBD oil. You haven't really done a show on the difference between THC and CBD. And uh, this, I think this is a bud question. Yes. Okay. This, this is a bud question, but it is a really important question. And I, I'm hoping, Chris, we're going to give people a 36,000 view level and then drop down.
0: All right. Um, interestingly enough, a Forbes feature just came out today in which I explained this. Uh, just just happened right. a couple hours ago. But um, to, to basically explain it, cannabis... Emerged after the last ice age, about 12,000 years ago, in a couple of different forms. It emerged in in the general region of the center of Siberia, and then it spread out all over the world. Okay, uh, people took up the seeds as a food, and and it may seem amazing to know that until about a couple hundred years ago. Hemp seed was one of the most commonly eaten foods on Earth. It was a staple food. But basically, you had psychoactive cannabis, that is cannabis that gets you high, and hemp, cannabis that does not get you high, no matter how much you smoke it, okay? It just (laughs) won't do that. But it's very good for fiber and oil and for the, the protein and the seed THC is the psychoactive, one of the psychoactive components in psychoactive cannabis. If you smoke a joint, if you vape, if you do that and you get an elevated consciousness, that relates to THC. I'm not at all interested in these molecules by themselves, purified and concentrated in products. I have nothing to do with that. I understand all of that that's not my interest. I'm into whole plants, okay? If you just want the benefits of CBD, but and you don't want to get high, then CBD rich hemp oil, the the oil of the hemp plant, which is not psychoactive, will give you that. And you'll get a, a relaxing effect. You'll get a stress relieving effect. You may find that you sleep better So really, um, and some people go back and forth. They say, no, you know, in the evening, I like to get a little bit high, but during the day, I need the relaxing effect of just the hemp oil, that's fine. Um, So so really the difference is get high or don't get high. (laughs) (laughs) But in either case, you still do get nourishing benefits to your entire body because we have within us, a system of receptors, many, many hundreds of thousands of these receptors that are specific and unique to cannabinoids, the active components in cannabis. And as we take in cannabis in different forms, either as psychoactive cannabis that we use to get high or as uh, CBD-rich hemp oil, we nourish that system. And that has a salutary effect throughout the entire body is that helpful? Does that clear things up at all?
1: It does. And I got a follow-up question that came in. I'm trying to manage the message board here myself. Um, follow-up question. They uh, and, and this is coming from, it looks like Jim. This is coming from Jim. Um, I have pain and I have pain. That's the word. I have pain and I have found an interesting product that has both Oh, this is what it is, that has a one-to-one relationship of THC and CBD, and it's topical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Try to ask everyone in the store, must be the store, um, what's the difference? Should I get the one-to-one? Is it better for pain? Uh, and, oh, FYI, I don't get high from it. I apply it to my elbow. thank you jim
0: (laughs) if it relieves pain in your elbow um Mm -hmm. if you get enough uh transdermal absorption that is absorption through the skin yeah uh, if you get relief as far as i am concerned that's kind of the end of the story
1: yeah okay Um, good
0: one-to-one concentration of products uh thc cbd are common And you see that especially in um, cannabis oil capsules that may be range from a low dose to a very high dose. And the idea basically is that um, our bodies respond very well to the two combined. I mean, there's good evidence to show that if you are consuming something that's rich in CBD, if you have a little bit of THC, not so much that you get high, but just a little bit, that it actually enhances your body's ability to utilize the CBD. So what I would say is if it works for you, Mm -hmm. um, if it satisfies your needs, Terrific, you know, would a two to one do the same? It might, I don't know, but if the one to one works, then the one to one works.
1: Yeah, and you know, this has really been the discovery uh, and I wanna to jump to this uh, this conversation. I know this time has gone so quickly. For those of you just tuning in, it's been great to have Chris join me here today, Chris Gillum, The Lotus and The Bud. And I believe we may have one more copy of the book to give away, one 800 You know, look, we have learned for centuries about active ingredients, and we have learned about activating ingredients. For example, I learned the other day, if you take a little pinch of baking soda, now I I don't mean like a whole lot, like a little pinch, like a pinch And you put it in like the drink you're drinking or you put it in your spaghetti sauce, which you know is gonna just make you like totally uncomfortable afterwards. That agent does something to diminish your result from eating the sauce. So we know about these activating agents. We know about them. And we're learning more about them when it comes to plant medicine, right? We're learning about if you put this with this, it does this. I am one to say this, read Chris's book, go to his website. And what I like to say, and maybe you agree and don't, is you don't have to experiment anymore. There is knowledge out there. There are things you can learn in how to progress the evolution of your spiritual journey.
0: Well, everybody, you know, my grandfather was a minister. (laughs) And He was a very, very good one. And he was the type that, you know, he visited people in the hospital and he married people and he, you know, baptized their kids and he spent time with the sick and he counseled people. He was really a a very significant servant of others. And he said the, the funniest thing, he said, you know, absolutely everybody in my congregation has a different religion. And it didn't bother him. He accepted that everybody took in the information from sermons and other things and then digested it in their own ways and then understood it in their own ways and acted on it in their own ways. And that no two were really the same. And, and I, do, I do think that a lot of what you're saying is correct that you can get some good teachings and hopefully, people will find good teachings in The Lotus and the Bud that yeah. go a long way to saving you time and energy from just sort of wandering the landscape without direction. However, you're still going to go on your own personal journey.
2: No your kidding. journey
0: is going to be different <laughs> from mine. It's going to be different from yours. Um, and that's the beauty and the wonder and the discovery of the spiritual path. Uh, you know, we may all set out on the path, but the path turns out to be different for all of us.
1: And, and I think that's true. I mean, one of the things that I alluded to earlier is what happened when I sat down and I read your book and it was really interesting. I had just finished a session with one of my mentors and I've been looking for an apartment. I got to tell you, if you apartment hunting here in the Pacific Northwest and the the rental rates are just ridiculous. And I looked at this one place close to where I live now, Chris. I mean, true story. This happened last night. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it, and it, somebody had put an application in. And I looked at it and I said, it's gone. Never going to get it. It's gone. And that had to be, I don't know, like two weeks ago. But last night, I got the book. I read in the book. I'm just thinking, got the computer because I like to get ready for stuff. The picture of this place came up. I picked up my cell phone. I called. And what I found out was, yeah, the applicants are not a good fit. And I was like, and I talked to the woman about it and she wanted to know about me. And I said, you want a bio of me, just Google me and you can find out about me. But it's one of those things that if you think about everything you just said in the show today, it's one of those moments that happen that have to do with allowing, that have to do with everything you've talked about, that have to do with meditation, that have to do with calming the nervous system. And it may seem benign to a lot of people, really. Okay, so what's the big deal, Pat? You found a number, you called it. My nervous system around this issue was a mess. Mm -hmm. See, this is what we have to do to help people say, this is the practice, but this is the end game you can achieve. Do you know what I mean, Chris?
0: I do. I, I mean, look, we can only influence so much in our <laughs> lives because we also live on a planet with seven and a half billion other people who are also in, influencing the world. But within our own capacity to integrate, uh, we can have a sort of a better directorial role. Um, if you just leave everything up to everything and everybody else without intention, yeah, you may or may not get what you want. But if you can hone your intent at the same time that you're diving more deeply into your own inner spirit, then, and kind of use that as a pole star, things do happen around you. There's there's a wonderful quote from the Austrian philosopher Goethe that says, until one is committed there's hesitancy, a sense of holding back. But when you commit yourself to a a course of action, all manner of forces seen and unseen rise to assist your efforts. And I love that quote.
1: That quote, I'm gonna gonna pull this clip out and make sure I send it to my entire team. Um, Because what it says, it really talks to the energy that you beautifully express is available to us. That level of change, that level of calm, you know, getting a nervous system that has just run wild, you know, at a place where we can get a sense of the inner potential we have to be in this outer world. Chris, thank you so much. Again, um, folks can get your book everywhere, right?
0: Well, you know, I mean, they won't find it under their mat, but (laughs) they can get, can get it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, you know, but I'm just saying, but Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, so many places. Yes, they certainly can. And also they can go to my website, medicinehunter.com. And there's a lot of information there about medicinal plants and other things. Uh, So it's a good ride overall.
1: And by the way, that article that Chris mentioned uh, is also on his website. The article that's in Forbes uh, is also there, ending Out at the Intersection of Cannabis and Yogic Spirituality. Chris, thank you for today. One last question, personal message. What do you want to leave us with today?
0: I want to leave people with the message that we can all do things that enhance our lives. Whatever situation we're in, whatever condition we're in, there's always some place we can go within. And that may not necessarily change or correct the conditions around us, but it will change and possibly make better and easier how we deal with the conditions around us.
1: Wow. Thank you so much for everything. For those of you that are wondering what we're talking about, it is about many things, but it's especially about Chris's book, The Lotus and the Bug. Uh, the Lotus and the Bud Cannabis Consciousness and Yoga Practice, right? Uh, For those of you out there, uh, lots we talked about today. There's lots more in the book. Please enjoy. Thank you, Benny, for pushing all the right buttons. Thank you, Olivia, for making this stream beautifully. We'll be right back. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Sue Storm.